can't tell you how excited I am about what's coming next week. Um, Life Action Summit is something our church leadership team's been praying about, thinking about, preparing for, for about a year now. And uh, the date is finally here, uh, starting next week at 9.30. And I just want to make sure you're all, I, you know, we've spent a bunch of time up here kind of sharing about what that's going to mean and why it's so important. Uh, but I really hope that as you come into this time, uh, that you'll put a lot into it so that you can get a lot out of it. I had the privilege in a former life to be on one of the teams that travels around and conducts these events. And, uh, and I would say that w without, without any exceptions, that people would get in what they, uh, people would, would get out of this what they put into it. If, if someone walks into one of these expectant that God is going to work, excited, committed, uh, God is going to work in their life. Uh, if they kind of walk in with their arms crossed and just sort of say, well, I'll give this a try, sometimes they don't, they, they just kind of sit on the sidelines of the really neat things that start to happen. And, uh, and so I can't wait for you all to experience this, knowing that some of you have never seen one of these before, you've never been a part of an environment like this. Uh, this will totally rock your world, it will change your life, uh, it will make a huge impact on your kids, your teens, your grandkids. And um, so I want to show you one little clip of just the heart behind why life action is going to come to our church and trevor kind of ramped it up there he said three weeks I said, well we're not going to go that far we're just doing two weeks and three sundays and uh and so the, that two-week commitment though um is is really an important piece of the puzzle it's not just about what they'll teach like you could probably go on youtube and find what they teach that's not the point it's 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 setting aside time to really listen to god something that so often we don't do and even when we were talking about this Heads Up series months and months ago, saying, how could we get people ready? How could all of us be ready in our hearts for what God might do in the summit? Somehow we have to get rid of the distractions. And it was that conversation that led us ultimately to say, you know, the, the number one distraction we're all facing is not necessarily that we're out there busy doing great stuff. It's that we're all busy looking at screens. And we've got to figure out how to over overcome that if we're really ever going to hear from the Lord. And so I, I pray, I hope, uh, that you'll jump in next week at 9.30 and noticing I mentioned that because you're all the 11 o'clock service attendees for these next three weeks. It's like a mega service. It's like a double header for you sports fans. You show up at the very beginning, 9.30, and it won't be two services that are sa the same like we usually do. It'll be one that will have a break and we'll roll into another one. And you want to be here for the whole time, all right? So you just have to trust me and say, is it really worth waking up at 9.30? Just, well, you have to wake up a little before that to get here, but... <laughs> Yes, it'll be worth it, and you will love it, all right? So uh, let me show you this video just to kind of capture one last time the heart of what is coming our way next week. I'm in this because I believe. I believe in God's power to change lives in a powerful, unexpected way. I was one of those lives. So was I. God saved and restored me, and that's why I joined the Life Action Team so that I can share this message all across North America. Because I believe there's something more, something powerful, something joyful, something important. When we come together to seek God's face, when churches set aside special time to focus on what matters most, I believe that world-changing revival is just as possible as the sun rising. I believe God can work miracles, and that He still does, more than what we could even ask or imagine. And that's why I pray. That's why I seek. 
That's why I joined this ministry, this vision, this calling. And that's why we are sending our team. Because together with your church, we can ask God for something special. Lord, send revival. And let it begin in us. All right, so turn in the scripture to Colossians chapter 3. And today, as we land our Heads Up series, we're going to look at sort of the ultimate call to put your head up, to look beyond the things of this world, to Christ and to his mission for your life. You've seen this before, our theme verse for the series, especially that last line, not to act thoughtlessly, but understand what God wants us to do. And I think in our modern day and age, the number one place where we get thoughtless is when there's a screen in front of us. And that's why we've zoomed in on this issue and said, you know, that these principles apply to every aspect of our lives, of course, but particularly in the digital space, we might just get swept along with the cultural tide and not realize how much it's impacting us. So that's again why we, over the course of these weeks, we've shared a lot of principles. You can access those on our website, but we've talked about the best test rather than just asking what we're allowed to do. It's kind of the wrong question. Instead, we say, what is best? Uh, for my life? What builds other people up? And then we, as a warning, what might bind us? What would trap us? We don't want to be a part of that. Instead, we want everything we do to bring glory to God. So if you're kind of reviewing all the things that we've discussed, we, we've talked about our purpose. We've talked about paying attention. We've talked about the many dangers of digital addictions that seem to be entrapping people. A few weeks ago, we talked about the eternal battle that we're all a part of and that we can't lose sight of that. Just, you know, kind of spend our lives in entertainment and frivolity and, and lose the fact that we have a serious reason why we're here, what we exist to accomplish, and we have to go after it. Uh, last week, Dell gave us some helpful tools on just even as households, how do we set up the right defense mechanisms around us so that we don't get carried off in the flow or sort of follow off after the mob. And this week, we're going to talk about what we do moving forward and how when it comes to the digital space, you can, you can engage for the gospel. You can be a light in a dark place. And we, we could say it this way. Any sphere you enter as a soldier for Christ can be lit up by his kingdom. And so you say, is my school a dark place? It might be. Is my workplace spiritually dark? It might be. Is, is our community, is there a lot of needs? Yes. If you go online, is that a dark place? Yes. But when you stand in that place as a soldier for Christ with the intent to share the gospel, that lights it up. And that's what we want to talk about today. So do you remember the question I asked you a couple weeks ago uh, that was how do we sort of position both a defense and an offense in this spiritual battle? So last week, Dell came back and showed some defensive ideas of like how do you protect yourself so that as you're out trying to do good, you don't actually get caught up going the wrong direction. Uh, today we're going to look at the other side of that and say, what do we do? Like if we, if we enter Facebook or Twitter um, or any online community we're a part of, if we jump on Instagram and we say, instead of just being a consumer of all of this, one who reacts, I want to actually be an agent of light. What will that look like? How will we do that? And that's what we're going to find in Colossians 3 today. You ever read a, a text of scripture You've read it many times before, but you read it like with fresh eyes and suddenly it like means a whole new thing to you. So that kind of happened to me as I was reading Colossians 3 in reference to this series and thinking, you know, I've, I've read this chapter many times in reference to my character or like our church family or even how families should operate. 
But I've never read this text with sort of the thought that, you know, if I have my phone in my hand or a TV on my wall, how this would, be, how this would impact. And it's amazing how directly this speaks to the issues that we're contending with uh, in Heads Up. All right, so verse 1. Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits at the place of honor at God's right hand. Very literally, God is calling us to do what with our head? Lift it up and get your eyes off of the things of this earth. Verse 2, think of the things of heaven, not the things of earth. For you died to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all his glory. So there's this amazing future out ahead of us, and that's what's coming. And wouldn't it be a shame to just spend our whole earthly lifetime that could have been focused in the right place instead just being entertained, just passing the time, just selling away our brain share, all the things we've talked about. No, there's so much more that we're called to. Now, verse 5 takes on a different light as well, especially when you think about the culture of the internet. And you think about all the grime and gruel and nasty stuff that's happening out there online. And then you read this and you go, if I lived this way, if I presented myself this way online... Would it make me different than the average commenter? Different than the average blogger? Different than the average podcaster? Well, you tell me. Look at verse 5. So put to death the sinful earthly things lurking within you. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires. Don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater worshiping the things of this world. Because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. You used to live these things when the life, when you were still a part of this world, but now is the time to get rid of anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, and dirty language. That's probably 64% of the internet just went out the window, right? Now what are we left with? Well, we keep going. Verse 9, he says, Don't lie to each other, for you have stripped off your old sinful nature and its wicked deeds. Put on your new nature. And be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. In this new life, it doesn't matter who you are. A Jew, a Gentile, circumcised, uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, slave, free. Christ is all that matters and he lives in all of us. Since God chose you to be his holy people. Remember that set apart from average, set apart from the world. When you go online, you're holy, you're different, you're set apart, you have a different purpose as you interact. Not just online, but anywhere you go, you're set apart for God's special use. It says, you must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's fault and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you and so you must forgive others. Can you imagine that being the culture of the internet? The culture of the news websites, the culture of Facebook. Well, that would be transformative, wouldn't it? That's certainly not what we see today. But this is what Jesus calls us to. A whole different kind of engagement with the world with the world around us. He says, Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts, for as members of one body you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. 
Let the message about Christ and all its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom that God gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. I love this one. Whatever you do or say or post, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. Now, in, in, the, in the principles here that we're looking at, I really like chapter 4, verse 2, and, and it kind of surfaces for us a few strategies, if you will, of sort of our digital battle plan. Like if you would say, man, all that we just read, that's kind of the heart, that's, the, that's who we are, but now what do we do? Chapter 4, verses 2 through 6, give us just a simple breakdown. All right, look, look at this with me. He says, devote yourselves to prayer with an alert and thankful heart. Pray for us, too, that God will give us many opportunities to speak about his mysterious plan concerning Christ. I mean, Paul's writing this very personally. He's sitting in prison as he writes this letter, and he's writing it to these people who are, who are kind of on mission with him. And I think by extension, he's kind of writing it to us as well, that we would say, you know, I, I need to be prayerful. I need to be alert. I can't let my guard down. And I'm always looking for opportunities to share Christ. That's my mission. That's why I'm on earth right now. Because there's a message to share with others. There's love to extend. Verse 5. Live wisely among those who are not believers and make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be gracious and attractive so that you will have the right response for everyone. Say, ah, there's an online strategy we can get behind. Speech that's gracious and attractive, that's always looking for the opportunity to serve or to share. Now, something of note, if you look at the small print in your Bible, you might see that word attractive has a little star by it because the translation is a little bit, it's more of a metaphor in Greek. Um, and so not quite sure what the metaphor means. So people, just, you know, the, the attractive is kind of the best, the best idea, but it literally would be translated seasoned with salt. Okay, so if my words were seasoned with salt, what would that mean? What does salt do? You could look at it this way. Salt has a purifying, a preserving, flavoring effect. When we speak up online as believers, this should be the outcome of our interactions. And so you could almost look at this as a vision and say, I want, whenever I speak up online, whenever I add my voice to the multitudes out there, I want it to be gracious. I want it to be seasoned with salt. That is attractive and flavorful and preserving and purifying, not what everybody else is doing. Uh, here's, a way, here's kind of a grid you could run it through if you wanted to ask yourself some questions. Um, and I don't know if you're anything like me. You've probably written many a post and almost hit post and then deleted the whole thing. Anybody else do that? I feel like I do that a lot, you know? And, and like the smarter I get, the more I delete the whole thing. Uh, the more I think, you know what? I don't even need to be on Facebook right now. What am I doing? You know, and that, but, uh, but boy, there's been a lot of times when I'll hit post and I'll think, oh, no, 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 I want to delete that. Like, what was I thinking? Or that didn't really help anyone. So here's some questions you ask. Um, is what I'm about to say or contribute to the conversation tearing down or building up? Is it pushing people away or is it inviting fellowship? Is it vindicating my beliefs or demonstrating my love? Now you all know this is about to get exponentially more difficult to do in like six months, right? This is already starting to get a little bit more difficult, but just wait, it's coming. Political season's heating up, right? Aren't we all excited about that? 
oh man, I was just going to skip it, right? But, uh, but here we are, we're all going to be tempted to like get angry and get bold and push. And, and here's where we look at Colossians 3 and go, no, 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 hold on. I'm called to something different than everyone else. So Lord, how can I, even in a time when everybody wants to be upset at each other, how can I actually be an agent of light rather than just one of the many? All right, so proclaiming my points. Oh, can we go back to that other slide there? Proclaiming my points or offering humble wisdom, piling on or being gracious like Jesus. Luke 4.22, it's interesting that people, as Jesus started to speak, it actually mentions that, you know, he spoke with power and authority, but he spoke in gracious words. Think, man, here's somebody that had all the command of the facts. I mean, certainly he could have won any debate. He could have put you down. He could have put made every, I mean, he could have he could have just smashed anything he wanted to say with all the Bible verses in a row that would prove you wrong. Or what, but he didn't do that. He had gracious words. So we follow his example. Repeating snark or really caring for people. Uh, mostly reactive or mostly proactive. This is something I've been convicted about over the last couple of years. That um, I, what I realized I was doing was just reacting every day to whatever was happening, either in my life or the news, and then commenting on it. And it just dawned on me, like, why... If I spend my whole life reacting, I really haven't gotten anywhere. Uh, there's no purpose in that. I, I'd rather be proactive and actually decide what matters to me to speak about or post about. And then really, the, 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 the most important question of all, before you hit post, you can just say, is this actually going to help? Like, is this really a part of what God wants me to be doing or talking about or focusing on? And, and that, can, that, can help, that can provide some helpful protection for us, right? As we, as we venture in, ready to share but not wanting to do it the way the world does it. Instead, to, to be gracious and seasoned with salt, that, our, that, that, that we'd have the right kind of conversation to reach anyone and everyone. So my first foray into digital ministry was back in the late 90s when you know, internet was still new, bells and whistles. Not everybody had a website and like there wasn't social media yet. So, uh, so not everybody had access that way and it was slow access if you did. And, uh, and I remember I was actually staying in a host home because at that time I was traveling on one of these life action teams that's about to come to us. And uh, there was a 16-year-old guy in this host home that was a web developer. And that was just kind of a rare, th- I mean, now there are a dime a dozen, right? I mean, how, raise your hand if you're a web developer. Oh, that's everybody. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, the, you know who you are. But, the, uh, um, but this, this guy, I, I just said to him, you know, I love to write. Is there any way we could share the gospel through a website? Like, could you help me make that? And so we got together over the course of the time I was there, and we started to put together this uh, Absolute Truth website. You know what was so fun was just, it's kind of the principle of if you want to catch fish, just go fishing. Like, it doesn't have to be that complicated. As soon as this was up, we started to get responses from people all over the world. And, uh, and so some of the ones that I remember from long ago, I, did, I resurrected some of my old files and was just thinking through, like, just way at the very beginning, just putting this online suddenly was connecting me to people that I would never otherwise meet or get to talk to. And it was like this opportunity to share the gospel that literally didn't exist before digital media, right? So uh, one, one girl named Rachel wrote and said, your site is the best about truth I've ever found. You express things in the same way that society does. You offer ways to express things I know in my heart, but I can't always say. Someone else wrote in and said, I read one of your articles to my mother over the phone out loud. She has struggled with depression disorders for 20 years. I found myself filled with emotion as I read each word. My mother and I both prayed the prayer that you had written at the end. Uh, a guy from Romania emailed and said, I know this email is long, and could use, but I need some answers. He had like a whole list of theological questions. 
And he said, uh, most people I know of in my town and that I can find on the internet uh, don't seem to know the answers to these questions, so thank you for being here to help me. Uh, there, was a, there was a guy in Belgium that um, got really excited about what he read, and he went to church the next Sunday, and he had no Christian background, and you know, if you know, Europe doesn't have nearly as many kind of alive churches as America does, so he, he went into a church where there was like nobody there, and it was all in a different language, and it was all... It, you know, like it, it, it had no connection to his life whatsoever. So he, he emailed me after that. He's like, I tried going to church, but it didn't really make any sense. Like, what should I do now? I said, well, like, tell me about the church you visited. And like, is there anything that looks more like this or that? And we compared. I said, do you have a Bible? He said, no, not, not really. And I said, well, could, do you have access to one? He said, not the, I don't know. And this was before Amazon, right? So not everybody had everything at their fingertips. And so, so here's what was crazy. I had a friend who was going to northern France like the next week. And so I asked my friends, is there any chance you'd be willing to swing through Belgium on your trip and just like give this guy a Bible? I said, sure. So we got the pack together for him. And man, like our website had amazing international service, right? Knock on the door. I'm from Absolute Truth. Here's your, here's your Bible. It was pretty fun. The, uh, um, there's a guy from Egypt that, that, that uh, wrote in and said like, we don't have this kind of thing in Egypt. Can I translate all this into Arabic? It was so neat to see like just, just interaction after interaction and, and it wasn't like this was all that sophisticated, right? It was just, I mean, it was just an, I don't know, a, an amateur website from the 90s, but it, it made a difference in a lot of people's lives just for trying, all right? And that's kind of the premise of this digital action plan, that every one of us, as we engage online, we have the opportunity to be a part of the big picture, to be a part of the Great Commission through what we do online. And so rather than just being reactive, we can be proactive, and we can look and see that there's opportunities everywhere. Um, of course, in our physical lives, there's opportunity. But now there's this whole new space, a whole new dimension that's open to us to share the gospel, to share God's love, to answer people's questions, to care about people uh, through digital media. So I think it's so fun to imagine doing this. Now, a little more up-to-date example. About two years ago, I decided to just do an experiment. So I was, I was spending a lot of time on Facebook, feeling a little bit bad about that. I thought, I wonder if there's any way to like, actually make this count for the kingdom what if I just directly invited people to talk about Jesus and then we use the promo features like the, you know, when you become an advertiser or whatever on Facebook and just put it out in other countries. So, uh, so I had a variety of things. Kind of, this was one example, um, just a, like kind of a little ad that ran. Are you interested in what Jesus taught? Uh, learning more about what it means to follow Jesus. If you want to, private message me. You know what was amazing? Like 15 minutes after I started running this ad, People's, I started getting stuff in my inbox. Like all of a sudden, there's people out there across the world that are hungry for this. And so we're getting responses literally from everywhere. Uh, people going, yeah, like, you know, send me more. And so it was really neat to be able to go back and forth and then, you know, kind of taking it out of the comments and going into the private messaging and messaging back and forth with people, of some, some who already had faith, some who didn't, some who had never heard of any of this before, but had always been curious what Jesus said. Uh, it was actually a lot of fun. It was a really fun experiment. Uh, so one day I was in the drive-thru, uh, and I was just, like, kind of amazed at, like, how, you know, you, man, you can, like, touch the whole world from your phone, right? So, I, so just this crazy thought hit me. Um, I wonder if Facebook lets you target Antarctica, okay, which is kind of a stupid thing to think, right? But here they do. They, you can. There's, like, scientists down there, and they have Facebook, and so you can run a campaign, like an ad campaign to Antarctica. So I did, and, like, 20 minutes after I started it, hey, here's a guy who he wasn't very happy about what he saw, but... Uh, he, uh, he, he was in Antarctica and he responded. So that literally anywhere in the world that you want to make an impact, like there is digital media that makes that possible for you if you choose to. 
That won't happen if you're just a responder out there. It won't happen if you just watch TV and like things that other people post. But if you decide to be proactive and the whole world's available, what's kind of fun about Facebook too, just as a little aside, the, the way the ads work on it and the other, other platforms would be like this too, it's like a big auction. And so the people who are richer cost more to reach. Okay, but now flip that around. If you're thinking admissions grid, the places in the world that have the least gospel exposure are also the poorer places in the world, which means they cost less to reach. And so I decided to run like an ad campaign in Indonesia just for the fun of it to see what would happen. 80,000 people followed my fan page <laughs> all of a sudden um, just because it was like the, the, because there, nobody else is trying to advertise to people in the huts in Indonesia. And so they'll run your ad over and over again until people respond to it. So, so it's just a lot of fun. To, and this is just one out of like a thousand different ways that we could take what we, the, the time we're already spending on our computers, turn it into something valuable for the kingdom. So a couple ladies in here have been doing this this year. You, you might have, some of you probably follow Pure Southwest Michigan. That's Mindy and Julie's uh, page with photography from just neat pictures from around our area and kind of giving glory to God. And it's like sort of a soft introduction to Christianity and to our church and just like a little connection of goodwill to make with people. And, uh, and that's been shared, you know, the different things that they've done have been shared thousands of times over. And I think they have about 800 or more regular followers in our community here. Uh, just another way to take something that maybe otherwise we would just be like a reactor and turning into something where we're actually proactively engaging. It kind of reminds me of what Jesus said to the disciples uh, when they were out on the lake and, and he said, I want you to go out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Remember when Jesus said that? And it was sort of this surprising thing because they, they, they were all thinking like, hey, we're pros at this and this would not work. Like this is the wrong time. It's not really the right way to do it. Um, and I could totally see, you know, at, at some, some professional evangelist person, this isn't really going to, you're wasting your time. But here, if you just go ahead and venture out into the deep water and say, Lord, I'm going to choose to make a difference in every sphere of my life. So physical or digital, uh, you never know what might happen. And uh, so we have a practice for the week, right? Each week of Heads Up, we've had a practice. And, uh, and today's practice is to share your testimony on social media. Say, well, if, if you don't have social media, just email it into the church or give it to the church somehow and we'll share it for you. Um, but here's the premise. Here's why this is important. A lot of our other practices have been sort of by defi definition a little bit defensive, right? So they're saying, hey, let's, let's draw it back a level and not focus so much on our phones or our TVs. That's important. We have to maintain those disciplines. The other side of the equation is the forward motion where we say, how can I add value to the world around me. And I think that your story, your testimony is probably the most valuable thing you can contribute to the big conversation out there online. So if you're not familiar with that word testimony, it just means this, your testimony is simply your own story of faith, how you learned about Jesus, why you follow him, what difference he's made in your life. Could be a few lines, long article, quick video, piece of art, song, picture, post, poem, like you could, there's a lot of different ways to get that out. The, the point would be that you're deciding to add something to the mix that shares the light of Jesus. And so this week, the challenge is to pray and say, Lord, how could I, um, as somebody who's out there online anyway, um, make a difference with the story that I have, with the, with the light that's in my heart? And, uh, and you never know. Maybe, that, maybe when you post that, that'll make a difference in the life of a friend or a coworker or someone you don't even know on the other side of the world. And, uh, and here's what's kind of interesting. If you look around the room and think, like, wow, if all of us did that, that'd be a lot of 
good stuff flowing out there, right? That'd be a lot of testimonies out there on, online, and, and that would be potentially a pretty big impact that our church could have just all practicing this once together, uh, just, just to kind of get into the rhythm of recognizing when that phone lights up, I'm an agent of light. I'm not just a consumer, I am a soldier. And I have a purpose in life that rises above all the little frivolous things that are a part of all this. Uh, and I want to use these opportunities, maximize these opportunities for God's glory. All right? So that's the challenge today. And I can't wait for next week. Remember to come at 930. Uh, let's pray and ask for God's help as we put our heads up and then hopefully keep them up for the summit that's ahead. Lord, we are really grateful that you have given all of us so many opportunities in our lives to share and love people at school, at, at work, in our families, in our communities. And now, Lord, just in the last generation or so, we have this whole new space available to us digitally where we can connect with people anywhere on earth, uh, as far away as we can imagine with just a touch of a few buttons. And we're, we're grateful for that technology. We recognize that there's dangers and pitfalls to it. There's also incredible blessings and opportunities attached to it. And we want to take advantage of those. And so thank you, Lord, for allowing us to be your agents of light. Would you give each one of us creativity, intentionality, help us not to act thoughtlessly, but really to understand what you want us to do. That's our prayer today in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. God bless you. We'll see you at 930 next week.